Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you might be engaging in this podcast. I'm Aisha Elliott, and this is Black Girl from Eugene. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you happen to have tuned in. Um, I have a lot to talk about, like whenever I come on to my podcast, right? Um, But I'm having a hard time this week focusing uh, literally on what I want to talk about because there's just so much. There's just so much. Um, Like I start with all my podcasts. Thank you so much for my Patreons. Uh, my patrons who are uh, supporting me through $5 donations, $10 donations, and especially $25 donations. Um, each tier has different access to my work. And um, I am super excited to announce that I will be having um, bi-weekly sessions to discuss white supremacy culture and have uh, one-hour discussions in the evenings. And you can join my Patreon at any level to access those um, live Zoom link virtual discussions. And like I said, one hour every two weeks. We're going to start the very first one, January 26th of 2023. And we will go on for uh, every two weeks until we complete the series. Um, the series will be discussing, like I said, the research of um, Tima Akun and Kenneth Jones, Tenets of White Supremacy Culture. And I will obviously be giving my take on the relationship to racism and how these tenets can allow folks to really grasp their awareness of their participation and in their relationship to, to racism. That is what I do, and I do it on a daily basis. So I feel like it's be a really great opportunity for my patron my patrons to engage with me one-on-one and have these discussions ongoing so if you're interested head on over to uh, patreon.com and find black girl from eugene underscore one and join at any level five dollars ten dollars and twenty five dollars and this platform i am i mean this access i'm developing so it's very possible that if you join at twenty five dollars we have um some extra work that we'll be doing, but I want the discussions to be open for all of my patrons. So think about that. Think about joining. And I'd be really super excited to see you all January 26th. And if you head on over um, to my to my page there, you would be able to find, um, once you join, I'll be sending the virtual link to you and allowing you to join at that point. Okay, now, today, I've been really trying hard to not date these because the information doesn't really go along with a date, but um, I'm in my last week of my hiatus of the United States, (laughs) and I've been in Costa Rica for almost five months now, and I think I shared previously um, that when I left, that I had no intentions of coming back and I don't but not necessarily not coming back to the United States I've come to Costa Rica not as a new person coming here and being like oh Costa Rica I'm going to escape um it's actually been a place that my family has absorbed for the last 30 years my parents were here 30 years ago and they've been here for 30 years up until 2021 
and uh, mid-2021 when my mother passed. And um, since then, we've my father's come back to the States, and I took this trip kind of on a, per- a personal, spiritual, release type of journey to be here. And I got everything I needed to get, and now I'm leaving. And I'm totally excited about it. The next chapter is absolutely clear to me, and I will be on the east coast of the United States now, which is a place I have actually never been um, in on a long-term basis at all. And so I'm going completely, you know, first time, everything is, is completely um, open to my own interpretation. And so I have been observing, just as I do, the our relationship to each other as human beings and really through the social construct of racism um, and race. And so I, I find it interesting and I don't find I don't I'm not going to like proclaim to be the, the know all of all of this because everyone has their own reasons and only everyone has their own perspective. But I find it fascinating that um, when I'm here in a different country in this country, like I said, is very familiar to me. I speak the language enough um, to feel comfortable. And um, I just wonder, like, I watch people from all, all, all countries of the world come to Costa Rica. And what I'm most familiar with is the dynamics of white socialized people of the United States and black socialized people of the United States. And so I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot sorry my grandson's in the background as per usual my life goes on at all times um so I feel like it's really interesting to watch the reasons why people leave the United States and come to any other country um and and it's usually really broad and but between white folks and black folks in particular the reasons have a different have a different sense to them and have a different um commonality between the two and um so i i'm curious to see and i and i love feedback and i love to talk about it but i i feel like you know as i've watched this country really develop and and in my opinion degrade over 30 years as you develop more the the sense of the country and the culture seems to get lost um or or just kind of transforms into something way too familiar for me like I don't know the average traveler, um, but these days it seems like, and I don't want you guys to think I've only gone to Costa Rica. I've traveled to several different countries, spent time, I, you know, I've done this thing, right? Yeah. But at this moment, I feel like when people come to someone else's country, it's interesting to me that I have of, of the, the privilege and the kind of audacity <laughs> for the lack of better words to presume welcome right and a place like Costa Rica is you know these folks Costa Ricans are really 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 welcoming and they're super open and their families are very strong the country's uh, moral base is based in um, a family dynamic that has you know mother father aunt uncle grandma grandpa Everyone's involved, right? It's very children-centered. It's very family-centered. It's very life-centered. 
And it's uh, life meaning that like, you know, Pura Vida, right? We're all here kind of working together to keep this life um, and how wonderful this life is, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, we're grateful for it all. And there's, it's interesting because um, that's like the outside version of what Pura Vida for Costa Rica really is. Um, and so when we move in, you know, generally white folks are like expanding their privilege. They're like, you know, I want to buy property. I want to live the life. I want to be able to, um, you know, kick my feet up and do whatever I want. You know, the, the, I have even, even more privilege here. Um, there's this idea, and I don't know that it's expressed by them, but if there's this idea of like, kind of like, I'm kind of treated like a god here. Not more than privilege, but I mean, more than privilege. It's more like exceptional privilege. It's, it's like catering, right? And it's true. It does happen like that. And it's, it's the part to me that I find repulsive is, um, is the ignorance. And, and I actually, like, as I say that, I don't even think it's ignorance. It's like I said, the audacity. It's just like the, the blind um, assumption that when you're coming with your money and your, your ways that you're improving the space, you're like, oh, the locals love me. Would they not if you're bringing money? But the one thing about colonization is that, unfortunately... There's a power dynamic at play that looks beneficial at the beginning, right? But when you start to ask more questions, the locals, they start to understand that moving people in with money, more an intention for their own land that they don't have themselves, eventually snubs them out. And right now, you know, as much as, you know, I love it, We've never, when we moved here, you know, you, y'all might be thinking, well, don't, don't y'all, didn't your family live there for 30 years? When we moved here, we did not buy land from Costa Rica's, Costa Ricans. We didn't take land from Costa Ricans. We didn't rent, you know, um, we didn't, didn't uh, network with other Americans to create a system of Americans here. We never, if we had to employ anyone, it was workers of Costa Rican workers, you know. Um, we took time to build relationships in our neighborhoods. We took, we took time in our relationships. We took time being into the neighborhood in the way that they chose, they said that we could be there. We, we had... We had a way of bringing ourselves and in a, st- a space of appreciation, not appropriation. We weren't interested in taking over space or improving their way of life by what we know. We were interested in sharing space in the way that was most beneficial mutually, but in th- with them leading the way, if that makes sense. We had decided to live a life that was free of the the racial stress of the United States. 
But with the racial stress of the United States, knowing that we're coming here with money from the United States, we did not presume that that we did not walk in with that being our privilege. Right. We didn't bring extra here to maintain our American lifestyle in a Costa Rican world. We came here to engage in a Costa Rican world the way Costa Ricans can, can best handle our presence, right? It was with permission. It was with, it was with relationship. It was with, you know, we have a pie here. We have a pie here. Is there enough for me to get a slice? And I'm going to, I'm going to help create the next pie. How can I help? What can, how can I be of service? Right? All those spaces were something that were considered because in the long run, when you're here in someone else's space and you're not trying to relate to them on their terms, what are you really doing? Yes, the United States is a complete shit show. We know that. But it's our shit show. And I know back in 2023... I mean, not back in 2023, uh, back three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, black folks are tired. We're tired of dealing with these racist white folks, racist systems, oppressive, um, oppressive rules and regulations and norms of our society. So we want to jump where that's not our reality. But then what's happening is we're creating that reality, intentional or not, for somebody else. And that's the complicated piece, right? I don't, I know that it's against all odds to say, I don't think that, that the United States will be, I think we're in a space in the United States and the society that the folks with the common sense are coming through. We're tapping it. We're tapping the information. We're tapping the source, right? I do think it's important for us to leave the United States and get perspective. I do think it's important to leave the United States, and this is as black people, to understand that we have strength in our own ability to thrive everywhere. Not because we are, um, not because we move and we do what I was just, you know, describing, but it's that we are everywhere. And I think sometimes folks, you know, within the United States, we get kind of, I don't know, sheltered into thinking that if we, that what we do in the United States is what it is. And all that anger and all that tension gets pent up. And we don't know that we as black people are thriving in in very simplistic lifestyles, very simplistic relational with with a, a reduction of trauma. So we get to see ourselves reflected without trauma. And it's a different relationship to each other. You know, when you see black folks who are not experiencing the level of trauma that we experience within the United States, you want to be a part of it. The problem is, is that we are bringing our trauma with us. So at some point, it's not that I'm saying, like I said before, I, I, I wholeheartedly as black people believe we need to go out and, and discover ourselves, discover our people, because our people are global, 
right? And we don't know just what it means to live in this in this kind of freedom of of I, it's not of oppression because, like I said before, we come here and unfortunately, unintentionally or intentionally do the same thing. Black folks in, you know, in uh, Central America and South America are dealing with racism all the time. We say, we're like, as black people trying to juggle how, how bad is the racism? Not like, is there racism or is there not? We know there is. Just how bad is it, right? Um, and then, of course, all of us talking about gun violence and talking about how we can, you know, gun violence in the United States is, is at a pathological level. It's pathological, you know, you want to go somewhere where you're just really not worried about that. And I, I get it and I understand it. And I think that we would be as a people, and I'm talking to black folks at this point, as a people, we have a lot of healing to do so that we can create this level of, of relationability to each other, this level of... Um, of home, right? Because the only definition, if we're not considering where we are as our home and we feel like we have to jump ship, we have to push out because it's going down, I get it. Hello. I, I keep my passport on on ready, right? But at the same time, I'm also a champion for the normalization of healing, the normalization of saying hello to everyone you see in the morning, you know, say, driving down the street, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Good night. Have a good day. Good morning. Good morning. You know, we come to a different country and we all of a sudden have permission to be better. We really don't. We feel like we can be better. But the truth of it is, is that that's a choice even there, right? And I say there meaning the United States. It's a choice to wake up in the morning and say, good morning. How are you doing? Right? To, the ne- to your neighbor, to the person you, you, the cashier, to the person you see in the store. You, the, you and that person is the only person in the aisle. Good morning. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Walk on by. Right? The level of friendliness, the level of conversation, the level of connectedness. Not, I'm trying to survive. Please leave me to hell alone. Right? I mean, that, I'm not, I'm not bashing if that's what you need to do. I'm just saying the connectivity that we reach for in these places that are not our natural home is something that we can cultivate together in our natural home. These white folks have, and, and I mean that by systematic, systemic, um, oppression and violence have convinced us that we don't have that choice anymore. And that's a trauma response. The truth of it is, is when we recognize that we are operating under the rules that have oppressed us and we have adapted them and assimilated them into such a point that it's our identity that we're constantly running from, right? It's all a false narrative. It's not true. It's not ours. It's been introduced and we have picked it up for whatever reason. I'm not saying that, oh, you know, it's not, it's not fair or we shouldn't have done. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying let's be aware of where we're operating from at this point. Right? So wherever I go, there I am. 
if I'm going to be taking my time here, the difference between taking my time here, and I say here meaning in Central America, and taking my time in the United States is that I am ascribing, ascribing to the United States um, uh, prescription of you, you don't have the choice to take your time. Yes, I do. How about I have the choice to not subscribe to that bullshit? And that's what I'm going to do. You know, my neighbors here, they play their music. You know, it's funny. It's almost like we take turns. I'm playing my music one day loud. My neighbor plays their music one day loud. And we play all those spaces. And nobody complains on each other. It's like, oh, you're having a good time. Hey, how you doing? It's with respect. They know they don't do that early, early, early in the morning. They know we have children. They don't do it, you know, on Sundays. People out here um, going to their going doing their their practices and their in their uh, spiritual things. You know, people. We, it's respectful, right? It's cultural. We they know and feel each other as people. Not I have the right, so I'm a step on you. The problem is when we come to these countries and we decide because the freedom of our lives, we deserve to be able to buy land or that we can afford the land here. So then we buy it up thinking, oh, I'm giving my, my, my daughters and my sons wealth on someone else's space, someone else's land in an economy that the person, the people who are actually native to this country can't even afford the, the houses that are being built around them that they work in, like, don't be so blind to that privilege. And when white folks come here, it, it's, it's, to me, you know, it's, it's under a different energy. It's under ownership. It's under, it's under control. Black folks are trying to escape and 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 acting like that and and unfortunately recreating colonization and white supremacy through their freedom in other people's places like causing oppression in other people's places because that's the way that we know how to survive we are jumping the ship of our oppressive oppressive life in the United States and then unfortunately and unintentionally oppressing others white folks come here to control to buy and they'll say to themselves, too, you know, I, I'm tired of the United States doing what it does and being what it is and the violence. and all. But you're the only people who can change that, right? The systemic oppression values you. You are representative of that, you know? And so it's kind of strange that the that that people don't see themselves they see themselves as more global when they own homes in different countries and and have the the people working for them because they're helping they're helping you know i always have you know i always have guadalupe she's been in my family forever but i you know what i mean don't get me wrong i have family friends and i'm not even talking about them They've been here in Costa Rica, you know, 50 years, 45 years. And they are as Tika as Tika gets. There was never a, a sense of, of I, I own this space and I, I am entitled to it because I have more money. Because I have the money, you know. 
everywhere I go, I always ask people here, who owns this? Who who's owns this tienda? You know? And they say, they say, oh, someone from Iraq. Oh, someone from Canada. Oh, someone from France. Oh, someone from... It's, it's rarely Costa Ricans. And I wonder, you know? I wonder... Hey, hold on one second, sorry. No problem. I just wonder what it means for everyone. I don't know if you can hear that noise in the background. What it means for the locals here and how they understand it or feel like they should understand it. How they really believe that in the long run, it'll be okay for them and their family. You know, it's just hard to watch. The cost of living here is about what it cost to live um, before inflation, before we were gent- our gentrification ran out, you know, families in the major cities of California and New York. That's really high for Costa Rica. The average Costa Ricans can't afford it. And I say the average, meaning that the Costa Ricans who are not, you know, air quote, average, work for the government have medical degrees, you know, were able to travel, had, you know, that money. They don't actually, they have systems for you here when you are a citizen that way that covers those things to make sure that you have access to those things. They don't have to pay like the average, air quote, Costa Rican has to. And then here we come paying on top of that, pushing out the air quote, average Costa Ricans yet again. It's just a, a very known and a very regulated and a very familiar sense of being privileged, economically and financially so. And so I'm just talking about the complexities of sharing space and the awareness and sensitivities of economic privilege. You know, um, it's not racial privilege right? But it is at the same time. Because you could be here and be black and still be privileged because you have the American, air quote, money and lifestyle. You're still going to, you can still be discriminated against here. It doesn't, it's not as painful (laughs) as it is in the United States. It's not exactly as violent, but it is what it is. I don't know. It feels creepy to me, especially as I see the change in Costa Rica over the years and just watching people not be able to live in their own country because so many people are here declaring it their own and really not upholding the life, the beauty and the lifestyle of the country. They're transforming it into some whack fantasy and dreamland yoga retreat that, it, that is just gross. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, it's probably a very unpopular opinion at that. Um, so anyway, as I reflect and I think about you know, like, wow, I've never, you know, bought a home, bought land, any of those things here in Costa Rica. I've always um, tried to stay on the uh, air quote average Costa Rican um, integration level. I also want to always be connected, you know. Because the sense of lifestyle that the average Costa Rican lives is so peaceful 
even with nothing, even as their avocados that they grow in their own backyard cannot be bought in the store for less than $4. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So that's the part. As I watch that happen, I think about my purpose in going in period, like throughout the world. What is my purpose? What when I come to back to the United States, just this week, I'm leaving this week back to the United States in the middle of winter. I am thinking, ah, I've learned so much in my 45 years of life. And to bring awareness to our actions, not to slow anyone's passion or, or, or enthusiasm, but to just make sure that it, does, that it leaves a positive impact on everyone around us will change the environment that we live in ourselves. We have to be super intentional about that. We have to be super um, adamant about the spaces that we hold are equitable and open and free of, the, of, of a sense of oppression and, and a need for assimilation. It's based on relationships and relationality so that we can all see each other and breathe because that's what you're seeking in these other countries is space and openness and a chance to breathe and friendly people, right? You're not someone different here than you are there. The expectation is different. That, that separation from what you do where you are to what you do somewhere else or how you feel that you, that you can do somewhere else, or that you decide to be somewhere else, some, out in another space, it's kind of like align that up and bring it home. Right? I don't know. I think of, I, I am always the one that leans towards, you know, your move is not malicious. Right? But we, if the, the sooner that we understand that we're, con- con- we're connected and that what I do affects you and what you do is affecting me. And that when someone is being smashed out for your, you know, I don't know, whatever fantasy it is to live amongst brown people in their tropical lands, then what is the awareness that you're bringing to yourself and to others? Oh, so I wonder. Um, anyway. I don't want to keep you all longer than I have to. I'm just trying to drop gems of thought. I'm just trying to think of some critical thinking about how we move along, uh, move around the world, how we move amongst each other. Um, the one thing I've learned while I'm here is that, uh, you know, the, the, the culture inspires me to do something different, but that something different is in, within me the whole time. And so coming there, coming back to the United States, I'm holding very tightly to what the core of my reason and my purpose is, right? And so um, I hope that in the space that I keep, that I can create a space of relationability like I have I've been uh, speaking on. So the thing, the, the idea and the, the purpose, right? The, the part of anti-racism that people miss, the part of inclusion that people uh, walk around is the fact that you got to let people, you have to get to know people. And that just doesn't happen fast. There is no urgency in that. You have to get to know a culture. You have to get to know a custom. 
get to know a language. And none of that happens fast. But the thing is, is that is to know it is to appreciate it, not to take it over and to make it your own. It can be in addition, in appreciation, right? But the truth of it is, is that we're always just a guest. Even the people I know that's lived here 45 years, they're, Tika, like I said, Tika as Tika gets. But they, they know their privilege. They know that they're, they, where they come from and what they look like and what that represents. So it's always, you know, if you're going to be respectful, you're always going to take a second, you're going to step to the side, right? Always. So I don't know. I think the idea is like the idea, oh, everyone can travel is a privileged idea. And I think that's also a false narrative considering the money that we spend as Americans every day. It's just a priority. It's just a, a switch in priorities. Passports don't cost more than 150 bucks. Right. And I know if you go in with your girls to dinner, $150 slips right real easy. Right. Plane tickets. Let me tell you, extremely expensive at the moment. <laughs> um, but I can you know, I can say really easily it's less than a couch that I'm trying to buy, you know, less than less than um, uh, less than three months. You know, of if I could save the money I, I eat that I spend to eat out easily a plane ticket, you know, there's always ways to get around. You get a bunch of your friends together, split costs, just get out and see, but don't get out and see to say, where can I go? It's where, what are y'all doing out here? You know, what are y'all doing out here to stay connected to each other? Cause I want to feel that so I can bring it home. Right. I want to feel it. I want to, I want to be immersed in it. I want to see it. I don't want to take it. Right. I don't want to take it. I don't want to, you know, take it over. I don't want to transform it. I don't want to make it uh, make it serve me. I want to appreciate it. And take that inspiration back. I guess that's the only thing I can really say in terms of like how to be and to think about this in a way that just allows it to be what it is. You know, the country, I mean, the people, I mean. I don't know. It's up to you. But it, these are just my observations. And as I do the work that I do with my DEI and uh, the diversity and the equity and the inclusion work that I'm doing with all of the companies and all of the people and the lectures that I give, it's even as I listen to other people give their, do their work, it's the one thing that we just don't talk about. You know, It's the one thing that we don't talk about. It's the how do we relate to people. And the truth of it is, is that we are very theoretical about our knowledge. We're very, we're very um, pencil to the paper type of society. And the truth of it is, is when you travel to other countries, there's no pencil to the paper about how to treat someone else. It's about love in your heart. It's about community. And that's the one thing that we really, truly are missing in the United States. We really, truly, and and I think it's absolutely directed to harm directed to trauma, directed to violence, you know? I mean, the fact that we can't get past this gun violence stuff, and in now the United States, we have the, the number one, that I think it's like top two reasons children are dying is gun violence. And we are, we are absolutely like, what is it like? Let they say like 150% higher than all of the countries in the world? What? What? Right? Did we forget that we're, we're people? That we're humans? We forgot that, that each of us are humans? 
So that's the part where I just feel like, hmm, I know why we're running. I know why we're running. But I think that we can take some time. We can take some time and try to cultivate it. I do think you should step out and get a breather, right? It's kind of like self-care in a way. But when we're doing our self-care, we got to understand that they are giving us something very precious and to, to take it and hoard it and make it more than what you have is just I mean, or more than what you can even give back. It's just more of the trauma and the harm that we, that we um, perpetuate to each other in the United States. So I hope all of that wasn't like, blah, 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 but it may have been. Anyway, it's how I feel. It's what I think. And, you know, I'm going to share it with y'all as much as I can. Um, and I, you know, I just want to like reiterate that it is the same issue with connecting the work that we're trying to do in the States to get to see each other is that we are refusing to be relational in that just that little space is means all the difference in understanding someone else's human story it's what what it's simple but it's not easy when you're traumatized and the collective society of the united states is traumatized that's real that's real so if someone hands you or expresses to you a sense of kindness even if that's just passing you something you can't reach Take that as something that's meaningful, right? If someone just as simple as, you know, this whole like pay it forward thing in the driveway and it's like, oh, you know, someone ordered $60 for the food. I can't afford that. I'm not going to pay it forward. That makes sense. We don't have to shame. That's human experience. Okay, that's all right. Moving on. Right? It's that, it's that like hand, foot on the neck mentality. We got to let that go. When, you, when, you're, when you're escaping on uh, some airline to get to some other, some other places because you're asking someone to take their foot off your neck, you got to figure out whose who's neck you have your foot on and the expectations that we have for each other when we are going to work every day in the United States with each other, right? When we're sharing space with our kids and sports and we're sharing space in the salons and we're nails and we're doing, what are we doing? Are we allowing human behavior to be human? Are we giving grace? Are we showing eye to eye appreciation? You know, anyway, just food for thought. I love you all. Uh, just another reminder, y'all want to talk about white supremacy culture, the tenets of white supremacy culture. It will lean into all of the things that we do every day. It is not the thing about white supremacy culture, and this is exactly what I'm talking about today, is that it doesn't actually require a, a race identification. Because if you have been socialized and raised in this country, we're practicing white supremacy culture. Our, it's the difference of our awareness to it, how we either has us in a chokehold or not, right? And so um, there is no prerequisite to joining this conversation. And uh, I have been doing, having this conversation for a long time now. It's been proven over and over again to be extremely impactful. Um, it's a very supportive and, and um, held space, um, but it does get real. It does get vulnerable. And, um, and we do talk about 
our own experiences in this space. And that's how I believe we can learn best. So think about that. Think about joining in. You can join at any time if you don't want to join January 26th. Um, you know, the conversation will continue to go for at least right now. It looks like about eight weeks and I'm going to take a, see how many people join in and see how long I really will do that. Hoping that we have a good enough group to have a, um, a juicy conversation. So join me, join me and join the others so that we can have build a relationship and build community around a very common trauma Uh, that we may or may not be aware of. And this is a perfect time to start to see what it, what's like, start to understand the water, like we're the fish in the water around us, right? Uh, So that we can actually create some change in our own neighborhoods, in our own society, in our own country, in our own spaces, our work spots, our gyms, so that we can try to learn to see each other again. All right, with much love. I will talk to you again very, very, very soon. This is Aisha Elliott, and you are listening to Black Girl from Eugene. Talk soon.